Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin and I'm on the phone with Brian. And on this week, we're going to be talking about the 2023 movie Evil Dead Rise, written and directed by Lee Cronin and starring Lily Sullivan and Alyssa Sutherland. In this film, a woman's visit to see her sister takes a horrific turn after an earthquake exposes the family to some demonic literature. If you're new to our show, Brian and I are going to have a spoiler-free discussion at the top of the episode. Then we'll take a quick break. You'll hear a little bit of music. And then we'll dive into the plot, some spoilers, and get into our review. Brian, I think our listeners know you're a pretty big fan of this franchise. How excited were you for this movie? You know, as a mission, I try to never get excited for a movie just because I like to go in with neutral expectations. But I couldn't help letting a little bit of excitement creep in for this one. Ooh, that's exciting. Good, good for you. <laughs> exactly, which is trouble. <laughs> I know. That's a, that's called being an adult, right? Like trying to keep your expectations pretty tempered. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah, I try not to feel excitement ever. <laughs> yeah, it's like a defense mechanism, I think, exactly. at this point. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it had been like so long since the last one. But I think you liked that 2013 one, right? I really liked it. I think you really liked it, too. Yeah, yeah. I remember it like, yeah, just being really gory, hard to watch, but uh, pretty impressive. And I, I think we brought it up when we talked about like some of the best openings uh, in movies. Uh, didn't that one make the list? Uh, I think maybe you put it on your list. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going back and watching the opening. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Gosh, I can't believe it didn't even dawn on me until we just started recording that it has literally been 10 years since that movie i kept reading like like we're gonna try to make more than just one every 10 years and i was thinking they were just using 10 years as an expression and i'm like no wait (laughs) literally solid years yeah yeah april 2013 i think uh the last one came out it's crazy and and that one had a an actress i think that you're a big fan of right yeah i i enjoy her you know to be honest i haven't seen her jane levy in many other things i just thought she was great in that yeah same i i feel like i haven't seen her uh, she's like gone missing since but I'm, I'm sure she's involved in some projects here and there yeah i also am slightly disturbed by my uh, i get even more attracted to an actress when they like become a deadite for some reason <laughs> like, oh no brian's got a thing for deadites <laughs> everyone's got a type it's okay yeah um <laughs> By the way, listeners, my microphone broke just before we recorded, so things are going to sound different this episode, and hopefully we'll have everything back on track next week. So sorry if we sound a little different or the quality isn't quite as good. Yeah, thanks for being with us. But uh, the important thing is Brian and I can see each other. Eye contact going on here as we get hard on deadites. Speaking of eye contact, I listened back to our 2013 episode. That was back when we just recorded on the phone without looking at each other. And I do not know why we did that for so long. The episodes <laughs> are so much slower and there's more empty space. Yeah. yeah bad decision. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, I think that was like our awkward phase. So, yes, I think seeing each other helps. <laughs> that was awkward phase one. This is yeah. phase two. <laughs> just moving through awkward stages in life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 10 years. And then this is uh, only the fifth film in the franchise. I'm sure you've got like the year of all the releases ready for us that you, you've been excited to share with the listeners. <laughs> That's one thing I do let myself get excited about. So the <laughs> franchise is The Evil Dead from 1981. 
Evil Dead 2 from 1987, occasionally titled Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn, Army of Darkness from 1993, then the remake Evil Dead 2013, and there's a TV series Ash vs. Evil Dead that ran for three seasons from 2015 to 2018, which of which I've never seen a single episode, and I, I don't know why. I really should check that out. Yeah, I, I think you've mentioned before you're not a big uh, horror TV fan. Uh, you prefer the movies. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I caught a few episodes and I, I thought it was pretty funny and like had the vibe of Evil Dead going pretty well. And nice to see like Bruce Campbell front and center on that one. Sure. But yeah. Do, do you have a ranking uh, of the movies that we've seen so far? Um, not including this one. What, what your current ranking is? Yeah, I do. So Evil Dead. Well, I'm sorry. The the's in the title. It's just annoying. The Evil Dead from 1981 is at the top of my ranking. I will exclude this movie so I don't spoil my review. Yeah. Then Evil Dead 2013 under that. Then Army of Darkness. Then Evil Dead 2 at the bottom. Ah, no kidding. I thought 2 would be the first one for you. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe controversial. I'm, I'd am i like to review that again with you. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. But after watching it, I was just like, I don't, I don't know what the appeal is of this one. Like, I don't even understand why they made it. So... Yeah. It'd be interesting to take a second look at that with you. Okay. You know, yeah, this this is going to sound terrible, but I'm not even sure if I've seen two. I feel like I reference it all the time, um, but I'm not sure if I if I mean part one or part two. I know like part two, it's the same plot, but just like a little funnier. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfectly excusable movie to get confused with its predecessor because it's like some sort of weird blend of remake and sequel with the same actor in the lead role. It's just like, what is this? Damn, yeah. But yeah, we'll okay. we'll check it out again. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I'm I'm excited. Uh, sorry. What what was at the bottom of your list? Was it Army of Darkness? Oh no, it was part two. Army Evil of Darkness Dead. was above that. Yeah, yeah. Army of Darkness to me just dispenses with the horror, and it's just like this is a silly adventure movie. And if you can yeah, get yeah. yourself in that headspace, then it's just enjoyable. Right, right. Yeah, I think I saw it at like a Halloween watch party a few years ago, and I was like really disappointed with how uh, not scary it was. But yeah, it's, it's just a whole different vibe, right? Yeah, not a movie to watch on Halloween. Right, right, yeah. Whoever hosted that, is that party is an idiot. <laughs> I hope you're listening. I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, cool. Not. Sorry. Um, so, th- I, yeah, I think this movie was kind of a long time in the making. Uh, so after the 2013 film, it sounds like there were plans for an Army of Darkness 2, which I, maybe we both are glad didn't actually happen. Um, but oh, I, I think that actually got translated into the, the TV show that ended up coming to life. Um, the Alvarez, the director from the last film, uh, it sounded like he was going to do a sequel for a while, but then that seems to have stalled out and he walked away. So we've got Lee Cronin here. And it's only his second feature film. Have you seen uh, his first one, The Hole in the Ground? I haven't. Did you see that? No, I'm, I'm really interested, though. I think it's gotten pretty good reviews from like 2019. Okay, yeah, I saw it had... Like one of those polarizing uh, critic score, user score type things, like 83% from critics, 47% from users. Ah, okay. But yeah, it'd be interesting to check out. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Uh, Yeah, the guy's name sounded really familiar, but I'm surprised we haven't seen any of his work. Uh, Cast is mostly Australian. Like, did you recognize anyone here? No, yeah. Okay. Um, What else? This, uh, oh, yeah, going back to... um, this month of April, we talked about this last week about 
how all these horror films are coming out this month, including like Renfield, um, Bo is Afraid, the uh, Poltergeist. Or no, sorry, the ex, the Pope's Exorcism. Is that what it was? There you go. The Pope's Exorcist. Pope's Exorcist. Yeah. So, uh, I, I are you still feeling like we're getting rammed with too much horror, uh, or, or are you like kind of happy with the ones we're picking? Yeah, I mean, I I'm happy with our choices of what to cover but uh, yeah i'm a little bummed we we had the sudden influx all at once instead of more spaced out but yeah whatever i'll catch up with the other ones i i feel like we might need to have a discussion after we record about what to do with bo is afraid cover it now cover it later but sure we'll see yeah i'm, I'm still wondering how uh, big of a horror film that is same uh, yeah, but but uh, it's fun to kind of compare the box office and budget for all the four of these movies. Like I, I think Bo's Afraid and Renfield aren't like doing very well and haven't like made their budget back. Whereas this one, it's made forty two point four million on a budget of nineteen million. And Pope's Exorcism, or Exorcist, the Pope's Exorcist, the Pope's Exorcist uh, has made fifty two million on eighteen million. So like these two films seem like the the biggest winners of. Uh, this horror april that we're having right right so we we split it up we covered one winner and one loser yeah yeah look at us yeah um but this one was supposed to be released on hbo max originally but it sounds like it screened pretty well and then there's some stuff going on with hbo where they're trying to um or like yeah more, more stuff is coming to theaters now than going direct to hbo max i think right right hey this is maybe a tangent Okay, let's get into it. What is your ideal next Evil Dead movie? Would you like it to come, like, go follow up to this one and, like, pick up where this left off to an extent? Or do you want to see Bruce back in it? Do you want to see Jane Levy back in it? Uh, I kind of like the direction this one takes by bringing in all new characters, some nods to the original. This one feels like the right balance because, yeah, we had one and two and the 2013, which I felt like kind of treaded on same territory. So it's cool to see it pushing into new areas with new characters and, uh, yeah, new settings. But, yeah, what what about you? I wouldn't mind. (laughs) I would love a Mia an ash meetup i wouldn't mind like an army of darkness 2 type situation or some more fantasy based storyline in which the two of them somehow intersect and but make it a little darker oh sure not like army of darkness like goofy silliness yeah like maybe you could do a little bit of that in there but mia's movie was so dark that i don't know you you could go jokey with her yeah Um, I'm sure she'd probably crush it, but yeah, that's interesting. It's, it seems like, uh, this franchise has like universes built into it. And like, uh, yeah, those two characters are kind of front and center and like, they're all these like recurring, uh, like cars and things that show up. So yeah, there seems to be like a fan base that wants to see these like elements all come together. I, I don't get it. Like why, why, like, why not just keep like pushing into new territory? You have a strong core, uh, story about like this book of dead and what it does to people. Do you really need a, the the characters? Is that what like carries the story? I think that if you're, I mean, so many sequels play off of the survivor from movies and earlier in the franchise. So yeah, yeah, I think that would be great. I think that's why fans want it. I think those are two beloved performances. So for yeah. sure, I'll get into why too. I think it could be a good idea, maybe towards the second half of the show somewhere in there. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to call out because I think uh, this year we also had the first Scream without uh, Nev Campbell's character, Sydney, in it. So it's kind of cool to see these franchises leaving some of those legacy characters behind because I feel like those can also uh, restrict how far they can grow. But yeah, I think you're right. It's got its pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, so great. And then, um, yeah, speaking of like Deadites and uh, the, the whole legacy of this film. So Deadites, I didn't realize this, but so, so, so they're pretty proprietary to the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah, I don't think anything else is called a Deadite in any other franchises. But what makes them so unique? Like, uh, what's that movie? Is it Night of the Demons where they're like in a high school and, and people get like possessed by demons? Yeah, yeah. Good pull. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, isn't that basically a deadite? Sure. Yeah, very similar. So, what's what's what do these guys have that's like different, or like what, what's the? I just think Evil Dead came first, and I can't remember what movie calls them deadites, or if it's the Phantom that calls them deadites. Uh, I'm sure the Phantom's screaming at me right now, either way, but I can't <laughs> remember the origin of deadite. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a whole like wiki, uh, whatever on uh, sure. yeah, the whole Evil Dead stuff. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot behind it. Um, and deadites are different than zombies in the fact like these are demons. These aren't just like dead people coming back to life, right? Yes. Okay, cool. And they have like borderline superpowers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Right. Good point. Right. The zombie has like the opposite of superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Well, zombies can bring people, well, I guess back from the dead. Uh, yeah. How does I, that part was a little confusing to me in terms of how deadites uh, infect or spread others. So in this film, watching it, uh, it seems like it's like around like if they wound someone, then uh, it's like an exchange of blood kind of thing. Is that right? Oh, you know, I this is a weak spot for me with every franchise. I pay very little attention to the lore. So I don't know. And I've never I don't even know if I remember paying attention. Maybe we discussed it in our episodes. Actually, we tried to piece this together at the end of the 2013 episode, didn't we? Does this sound familiar? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, like how like how it gets theorizing how they each caught it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't know to be to be honest with you. I just assumed it was kind of willy nilly. Okay, okay, which is I cool. Love the franchise, but I'm not. Uh, I don't pour over it and, and study the rules or anything. So yeah, bring at me, people. <laughs> well, even on this like wiki fan page, I, I think there were like a number of like theories for how it spread uh, or like how you can potentially like get unpossessed. Uh, and I, yeah, I think every movie maybe makes its own rules up as it goes or something. I think with stuff like this, it's better not to have rules because that makes it <laughs> scarier. Like who the, who knows what the hell is going to happen? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it unpredictable. Yeah. I like that. Unpredictable chaos is like what. That is the the currency of the Evil Dead franchise when it's sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a strength of the franchise, I think. Yeah. Um. Do you think so? The tagline for this movie is "Mommy loves you to death." Is this like some kind of Mother's Day uh, tie or something? I, we're a little bit close to Mother's Day. It came out like three and a half weeks before Mother's Day. I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't. I don't think no. it's a Mother's Day tie. You wouldn't categorize this. They're trying to get that ten year. Oh yeah, in place or who knows if what they're even if there's yeah. much thought on what year or what month it's going to come out. It might just be the way it all worked out. Okay, there is a motherhood theme they try to tie through. For sure, yeah, there is. But you don't think this is like holiday horror for Mother's Day? Uh, I think it could be. I think if you want it to be, yeah, it could actually yeah. be a good horror movie to watch on Mother's Day going forward. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm sure there's like 
dozens and dozens of movies that would be perfect for Mother's Day. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho, like, even. Ma? Isn't there a movie called Ma or something? There's a movie called Ma. I've never yeah. seen it, though. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Oh, well, there's Ma and then there's Mama. Oh, yeah. I think that's the one I'm thinking, thinking of. Thinking of Mama. That'd be a good one for Mother's Day, too. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. Nice. Uh, what other uh, background you got? I don't have too much more that I'd like to say. They tried to stick to practical effects when they could. Um, you hear stuff like that, and I don't know what that actually means, like percentage-wise, what that bar chart looks like. Yeah, um, yeah. Stacked bar chart, perhaps? Um, anyway, it took Alyssa up to six hours to get her makeup on every day. So wow, cool to know that that is practical effects going on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, a lot of blood, right? Like, uh, I forget the number, but like gallons, like thousands of gallons. Yeah, I saw an article that No Film School did uh, that estimated 230 grand was spent on fake blood based on the cost <laughs> and the gallons reported. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, it definitely shows. Yeah. I uh, yeah. And then uh, from from a review standpoint, 85% Rotten Tomatoes. 80% audience score. Um, anything else? Oh, I got to do Patreon shout outs. Oh, let's hear it. Thank you so much to our new patrons, Renee G, AEG2023, Aoife M. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. I think it's Aoife. Oh, shit. Kristen M, Shannon C, Starla B, Jamie R, Brooke B, Moody, and Robert B. Thank you all very much. If you're not a patron, you can... Go to horrormovieclub.com and click on the big orange Patreon button. We've got a couple videos out there. We've got bonus episodes. Uh, people always ask if we have done a Barbarian episode yet, and we have. That's a Patreon episode. So fun stuff out there if you want to support us for a dollar a month. Yeah, thank you so much for your support. Yeah, so are we ready for the Ohio Connection? Let's do it. Okay. Our Ohio Connection, as always, comes from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox bar and restaurant in cleveland ohio if you're in the northeast ohio area you got to swing by for some great food and drinks and alex says evil dead rise is a supernatural horror film and the fifth installment of the evil dead film series evil dead fans may recognize the cameo from longtime series regular bruce campbell in a voice only role as he is heard in a, in a recording on one of the photograph records from 1923 phonograph probably bruce campbell's film filmography is prolific not only as ash williams in the evil dead series but in future projects with franchise creator sam Raimi, including cameo appearances in the director's spider-man films other mainstream films include supporting or featured roles in the hudsucker proxy congo mikhail's navy escape from la and the 2001 drama the majestic starring jim carrey and decorated actor james whitmore in a supporting role Whitmore received numerous accolades, including a Golden Globe, a Grammy, an Emmy, and a Tony. In 1958, Whitmore starred as Tom Willard at the New York National Theater stage production of the short story Winesburg, Ohio, loosely based on the author's childhood memories of Clyde, Ohio, a suburb of <laughs> Sandusky. <laughs> he, this was basically like a foreign film, he said, to try to find connections to. Oh, yeah. All these Australian. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's uh, that's really impressive. Who's this guy? Whitmore. James Whitmore. Do you know him? I, no, I don't think. Maybe if I saw his face, I would recognize him, but I don't know the name. Yeah, I'm surprised. It sounds like he's won a bunch of awards. I I figured I'd know who that was, but damn. 
Yeah, it says here he's decorated. Decorated. That's great. <laughs> great. Awesome job, Alex. Great, great connection. Yeah, thanks, Alex. All right, Brian, uh, should we get into the plot, uh, hit the spoilers, and get into our review of the film? Let's do this. All right. Hey, before we do, though, uh, my stomach's not feeling too well. You mind if we take a quick break? Yeah, sure, man. Go take care of that. All right, thanks. I'll be right back. Hey, Brian, sorry about that. I'm back. Yeah, everything okay? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling so much better. Uh, you know, I was feeling a little bit nauseous, so I, I ate a few spoons uh, of broken glass. Uh, so I'm feeling a lot better, but uh, I think I'm having some bloody poops now, but I'm, I'm sure that'll resolve itself uh, in a matter of time. Nothing oh, yeah. to worry about. Yeah, just a little bit of internal bloodletting. Yeah. Pretty you right up. Exactly, exactly. All right, cool. Well, this movie kicks off in pretty familiar territory, we're introduced to these two young adults named Caleb and Teresa. They're hanging out on this lake by a cabin. Caleb is kind of an asshole, and he's playing around with this drone. And Teresa is clearly annoyed with him. We learn that their friend Jessica is inside the cabin and hasn't been feeling too well. So Teresa goes to check in on her. Jessica appears to be resting, but after making some odd giggling noises, uh, she starts speaking in a demonic voice. Teresa confronts her only to find that Jessica has now been possessed and turned into a deadite and she rips off Teresa's scalp and then she goes outside and takes a drone to the face, jumps into the water, Caleb jumps in after her and she spits his head back out of the water and then she rises out of the water with the Evil Dead Rise title coming up behind her. Uh, what did you think of this opening? I thought it was pretty cool. I enjoyed the fact that they monster cam as you will like the demon rushing through the woods like that shot that was in the first one and then in the 2013 version was kind of spoofed almost like it was a meta moment because it was the drone yeah, which was yeah. revealed later so i appreciated that uh i enjoyed it when the the girl just like fell off the bed <laughs> I, love yeah. when, I love when demons just do like weird unpredictable shit right um yeah and the the her reading the pages of the book she couldn't see was very reminiscent of the first film where the the card trick yeah the character oh, yeah. seeing the cards that they cannot see yeah i yeah I, th I thought it was like a really interesting kind of like short film that hit all like the classic evil dead uh yeah imagery and tropes with you with yeah you're right the camera with the drone and then like making it pretty relevant uh the reading and like taunting that we love from the first one uh the body gore that happens uh yeah i, th I thought this was a lot of fun not as like crazy as uh, the 2013 film uh opening but uh still pretty cool i think yeah and then you know the hovering above the water with evil dead rise that was a cool title shot that was a really cool shot yeah man i was like a, a minute late getting in so like i i got in and like that hovering shots going on and then we're introduced to these two characters i i like had to keep like checking to make sure i was like uh i like i kept having the impression that i like came in at the wrong time and like this movie was like already an hour into it because you already had someone who was possessed so i was pretty relieved to see the title uh jump up on the screen wait so what did you walk in 
to see? What was the first thing you saw? First thing I saw was uh, the, the drone shot was just ending and it was like these two people on the raft talking about how they had put someone to sleep. So I was like, oh, shit, I missed like the events of the previous night. Mm, yeah, you, you didn't miss anything pretty much. Just like the earlier part of the gr- drone shot and some credits. Yeah, yeah. I, I went back and I found it on TikTok. They had the opening scene. So I was like, oh, I guess oh, that okay. was the opening. Thank yeah. God for TikTok. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so so pretty cool. And, and yeah, that opening shot of her hovering above the water, I, I think is cool. But yeah, so pretty quick uh, sequence here. Yeah, yeah. It got the job done. Right. Hit some right. of the, hit some of the uh, uh, touch tropes, points. So. Touch tropes. Points. Yeah. 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 Welcomed you back into the franchise and, and moved on. Yeah, and it's like in familiar territory. Like this is where we know Evil Dead from is like these woods and stuff usually, right? Right. Yeah. Woods. Yeah. Woods. With nature stuff. So then we jump back a day. So uh, we meet our main characters who are Ellie, who's a single mother living in this Ellie apartment with her three kids, Bridget, Danny, and the youngest one, Cassie. They get a surprise visit from Beth, who is Ellie's sister. And we learn that she's this guitar technician. She's been traveling the world with some rock and roll artists. There's some friction between Beth and Ellie. Ellie recently went through this breakup with her husband, and Beth has been too busy to notice or to reach out or respond to her voicemails. Uh, what do you think of this character setup and, and the setting of, of where we are? I was cool with it. It was a good character intro and, you know, just ticking the boxes that... Uh... You got a tick to introduce character and get some development. No huge comments, favorable or negative. Just I'm on board so far. How about you? Cool. I, I mean, for me, this uh, it kind of hit as like a big departure. Because uh, I, I don't feel like we've ever seen like a family come into play in this franchise yet. Have we? Uh, Mia's like, brother was there with her. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about like young kids, though? No, no, we haven't seen children. Yeah, I thought they were safe from the Evil Dead, but it's kind of interesting to see them pop up here. Also, how it was so dark in this apartment, like, and you'd see like lights in the background, like on the ceiling and stuff, but they wouldn't be turned on. Uh, why were they? Why are they living in the dark? It was so dark all the time. I mean, at one point the power goes out, which <laughs> yeah. okay, I get it. But some of the stuff they're doing, I'm like, I would not be able to like see. She's packing up. <laughs> like, yeah, don't you want to <laughs> yeah. see your stuff? Yeah, there's a light right there. Just turn it on. Uh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't tell what was going on. I mean, they really kind of lay into like this idea of like this being a really old building. And uh, I imagine they're like not in the best economic climate or condition. Maybe they're trying to save some power. Sure, sure. I don't know, but the kid's got like a great like vinyl setup. He's got like some professional like audio gear going on in his room. So couldn't really tell where they stood. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so an earthquake strikes. And when it does, this crack opens up in the underground garage, and the kids find it, and there's like a hole that leads uh, under the building, and Danny goes in there and he finds this vault, behind which he finds a room that is filled with a bunch of old vinyls and the Book of the Dead that we've seen throughout the franchise. He gathers all this stuff up and he takes it back up to the apartment. In the apartment, he opens the book and uh, he tries to play some of the vinyls, and he hears a priest kind of talking about finding the book and like what the book is. It's like the book of the dead or whatever. And then on the vinyl, it reads an ancient passage that unknown to Danny releases the evil spirit. So this demonic force suddenly comes and we, and we get that camera 
work of it, of it coming to the building. And it finds their mother, Ellie, who is in the elevator with uh, some laundry. And in the elevator, it beats her up before uh, hanging her up on the, on, through the elevator cables and uh, taking over her body. So uh, Ellie gets possessed by this and comes back to the apartment. Uh, she's looking out of sorts. She's like standing in like kind of some weird postures. She fries up some eggs with the shells and then violently vomits and appears to die. Uh, what did you think of like this this elevator scene and uh, her being taken over? I thought the elevator scene was fine. It was here's maybe where the conversation comes up on why do sequels with existing characters. It like I at first I liked in the intro scene like oh, okay we're hitting up some of the like classic Evil Dead scenes but then as we went through setting everything up it's kind of like okay the remake was a remake so it hit the same beats as the first one but this is not a remake but it's still hitting all the same beats like it almost has to like yeah she they find the book underground they play the tape or the audio somehow he's a dj basically just to set us up for he's gonna play this record later sure so it kind of all just felt like a victim of the evil dead structure in a way like i liked it but it was just a little bit like okay now we're doing this we're doing this the cables in the elevator were basically the tree rape scene right so it's like oh man something about it almost like some of the plot beats felt just like AI generated or something that sounds overly insulting but it yeah it's just like what can we do to hit every single beat of the original films yeah new setting oh yeah yeah for sure yeah I I can't tell how much of it is uh they're copying versus like paying tribute to their original but wouldn't you say that's like a something like with any franchise like it's always going to follow the same beats to like start it off like it's going to repeat like like all the screams like how they start or Friday the 13th to some degree. Uh, there was like, you have to build off of like a common formula, right? Yeah, but I just feel like the Evil Dead formula is so specific to Evil Dead. Like Scream and... Someone's getting a call in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. But the franchise is meta. It's self-aware. It knows what it's doing. And that's like the whole point. It's like satirizing all this structure while sticking to the structure at the same time. And finding new clever ways to do it. This started kind of being a little bit meta with that drone shot. But then it's just like, okay, now we're going to do all the same things that every Evil Dead movie, not every, but that the first one and the 2013 one did. Yeah. I, I was still on board and I was enjoying the movie. But once you get to the end of the movie and start to look back at all the plot points, it's like... <laughs> similar all the same <laughs> yeah yeah apartment building yeah 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 exactly just in a different setting and uh different like family dynamics going on yeah um yeah i i guess i've always viewed like uh franchises as kind of like the same story being told with like different characters or in different settings and that's what i figure is happening here but i hear a point where like it's almost like to the t there uh, yeah like that, things right right but I, I don't know. I, at the same time, it is some cool twists on it. Like this was in an elevator when every time we've seen it before, it's been in the woods or uh, yeah, later, like the elevator doors are like shutting and like before that's kind of like how the bench would like swing. Right. Or, or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like yeah. all, all the twists are simply now it's an apartment building and this is what <laughs> an apartment would do instead <laughs> of a cabin. Exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. 
which I, yeah, I, I guess to me, it's like kind of cool that they translated it this way. But I, I hear you would have like, like to see it, like actually like do new stuff then. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I would like to see. I think part of it is and. I don't think I let these expectations get in the way, but so many of these ideas have been thrown out over the years. Like we're going to do Ash is going to come back. Oh, no, we got to Mia's going to reprise her role. Wait, they're going to do the same reprise the roles together. Yeah. Now we're just taking it a totally new direction. It's like, okay, cool, new direction. But it's not a very new yeah, direction, really, in the grand scheme of things. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's that's fair. That's good, good criticism there. Yeah, it's, it, I think that's a hard line to, to balance. Like, uh, uh, how do you, like, pay tribute or nod to their early films, but then also keep pushing into new territory without it, like, being confined to, like, those uh, same things? Uh so yeah, I, I think as we go through, I think there'll be a lot of that, right? A lot of repetition. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I hope they go somewhere new with the sequels because I, if you're just gonna put us in a new setting and someone's gonna find the book every time, right? I think that's gonna get old. But and uh, just to take one step back here, uh, you would. So this isn't a reboot. This is, a, or is it a reboot? I can't remember what it was called in some of the summaries. I would, I think you could call it, it depends on where it's going to go. It's certainly not a remake. Mm-hmm. It isn't, right. Maybe right. it's a remo- reboot. I just feel like it's another installment in the franchise in the same, not the same world, but yeah, maybe yeah. same world, essentially. It could be because like, you have like one character kind of come in later. Uh, yeah. The franchise yeah. is more about the lore than it is like the timeline and right the characters. Yeah, I yeah, mean I the kinda... first three are not; they're very much about Ash, but right, right. Yeah, I kind of thought this was like a reinvention, and so I, yeah, it didn't bother me too much that they were like using a lot of what worked in the original films. But uh, if it is like yeah, in the same universe, then I, I can see that being repetitive. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Well, uh, oh, I also thought that the book looked kind of cool with the, with the teeth. Was that how it was in the 2013 one? I don't remember the teeth. That's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. It may have been there, but I don't okay. remember them. Yeah, and the illustrations are pretty neat. The voice on the record, I think maybe it's you hear it later, but that is Bruce Campbell. The director theorized that like it could have been Ash from like a different time or Dis- something? displaced like a time displaced ash like he got sucked into a time warp and army of darkness so right that's another supporting supports the claim of like this is the same world right right yeah that's a cool tie-in um so ellie after we think she's dead she comes back to life as a deadite she pops out of the bathtub and attacks her sister beth and then she attacks her daughter bridget and wounds her in the fight. Fortunately, a neighbor comes and intervenes, but uh, Ellie attacks him in the hallway, bites his eye out, and then spits it into the mouth of another neighbor who chokes on it. Beth locks the apartment door, and they watch through the peephole as Beth takes out a bunch of the neighbors in the hallway. Uh, what do you think of like all this? All yeah, these these like sequences of attacks. Ellie takes out a bunch of neighbors in the hallway. Not oh yeah, my bad. But, Ellie, yeah. Bad. I I like these attacks. The eyeball scene looked it was a little silly, but I appreciated that it was 
bonkers and they included something wacky like that. Yeah, me too. I like the scene of her like getting shot and then just like coming back and <laughs> throwing that guy across. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really cool. I also loved uh, her out of the bathtub, how she was taunting the kids. What did she say? Like, I'm sick of you, like, titty-sucking parasites or something? Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some, like, good dialogue being thrown in. I think you call this up in the early Evil Deads, like, the evilness or, like, the taunting of it. Like, it's kind of unique to this uh, franchise, like, the, the comedic angle or, like, the kind of uh, sinisterness of it. Right. They just... And I think they even mentioned something, like, in the recording, like, the demon's mission is just to sow chaos. And it's so true because <laughs> it's not like, all right, I'm going to kill you now. Like, that's all I want to do. It's like, I want to totally mess with you. I want to freak you out by like throwing some eggs on a frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like pretend it's me now and bat my eyes and be like, please help me. Yeah. That kind of psychological stuff is why I love the franchise. Me too. Yeah. Th- these guys are just unhinged and they're, they're going, <laughs> going to town and yeah, just creating chaos and a mess for everyone. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's also kind of crazy that like they're stuck in this building, like the stairs have all fallen away. So like they're like basically trapped on this floor. Uh, that was that was kind of an interesting premise. Like, uh, yeah, when you think about where this could take place rather than the cabin, you're stranded on like this 13th floor of an apartment building. Uh, did that seem surprising to you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how hard that is to believe that the stairs would completely collapse and, and leave you stuck in a high rise. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, a little forced. Yeah, but again, it's an example of like they're stranded in the cabin in the woods and can't get back. Like, how do right. they make it so they can't get out of this apartment? Like, right, right. It's almost just like they have like two parallel like <laughs> plot outlines. Like, how do we connect? How do we translate this to L.A.? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. They, they, this, this is kind of by the book a little bit. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, Bridget, who we know is wounded by Ellie, she becomes possessed and starts vomiting and Bridget finds her eating glass in the kitchen. Bridget attacks Beth with a cheese grater, uh, or just a grater, I guess. I guess you could use that for anything, right? I guess that's true. I mean, why do we always have to limit it to cheese? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you could use potatoes with that. It makes good hash browns potentially. Yeah, for sure. Some shredded carrots. Oh, yeah. A carrot shredder. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So just a grater uh, scalping her skin a bit before chasing Danny into the bedroom where she gets stabbed through the head by Cassie, who's got this broomstick on her. Uh, they t- tie her Stephanie. dead. Uh, sorry. She called it Staffney. Oh, that was the name of the broomstick. Of the broomstick? Yeah, it was like a little doll on a staff, a doll head on a staff. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a fun name. These kids are so broke. It's funny. <laughs> Making toys with broomsticks. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Adam. Yeah. Uh, it's creative. So they tie up uh, Bridget's body onto the bed. Um, but she, I think, uh, what happens then? Oh, shoot. Yeah, they tie her up on the bed, but she comes back and she kind of stalks the kids uh, from like under a blanket before attacking Danny in the kitchen and stabbing him. But he uses the stove to light her up on fire. Meanwhile, Ellie has snuck back into the apartment through the vents and attacks Beth. But Cassie comes to her aid and gives Beth some scissors that Beth uses to stab Ellie in the face. Um, what you know? One of the things I was really worried about going into this movie, I, I saw a trailer and all the stuff that was going to happen looked really gross. Uh, were these scenes like pretty over the top and gory for you? 
I actually, if you're new to the franchise, I could see how you'd be like, whoa. I saw, I heard one dude coming out of the theater being like the scariest movie I've ever seen. Oh, no shit, yeah. Um, I actually don't think it was particularly gruesome compared to like 2013 or even the original. Like, yeah, yeah, this was gnarly stuff that happened, like the eating the glass coming out of the throat and biting somebody's eyeball out. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's pretty gruesome. I, I guess I just I don't know what's up and down anymore in terms of gore. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's gruesome, but uh, it, it definitely felt more uh, digestible. I think than yeah, twenty thirteen <laughs> was was a lot more. Uh, I remember that one like being a lot harder to watch. And obviously, like you know, you look at like Terrifier, Terrifier two, like the level of gore those go into. This didn't feel like it went th- uh, as deep into gore territory, or as that's hard good. to watch. That's a good point. I feel like. It is like technically probably just as gory as 2013, but 2013 had some scenes where I was just like about <laughs> to cover, like I wanted to cover my eyes, or I'm just like yeah tense or like oh god, like a white knuckle scene, like when she yeah. went to the bathroom and hears that sound. Oh my god! <laughs> like yeah, that right, right. is something unique that this movie didn't really seem to have any scenes that compared to that. Not that it, that's a high standard to hold it to, but. Yeah, I mean, I was so happy because I thought this was going to be a really hard watch and I, I hate that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was like a good balance where there's gross stuff going on, but it's not like focusing or diving as deep into it as maybe some of those earlier films have. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, OK, so then Beth and Cassie make a run for the elevator, uh, but suddenly all the neighbors dead bodies in the hallway start coming back and the mom comes back out into the hallway uh, Beth picks up a shotgun and shoots uh, Ellie, Ellie's leg off, so she's uh, down on her knees. Um, and then they try to make a run to the elevator. Meanwhile, the dead bodies start yelling, Dead by Dawn, which I guess is the title of Evil Dead 2. Is that right? I think in some marketing, maybe even some releases, it was called Dead by Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Ah, but okay. the official title is just Evil Dead 2. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, so they get into the elevator, but uh, it starts to s- spill blood and fill up with blood. Uh, as, as we talked about, like that, there's that huge budget on on blood, so a lot of that comes into play here. And they basically almost drown in this elevator because it gets filled with blood. But the weight of the blood causes the elevator to fall down several levels, and they spill out into the garage. In the garage, they f- they try to escape by car, but it gets stuck, and then they get ambushed by this monster which is all the dead bodies that have now combined into this one abomination. It's just a thing of limbs, arms, legs, and a few heads all like attached together. Uh, what'd, you, what'd you think of that like uh, that visual? I actually thought that was a nice touch. That wasn't something we had seen before. I think Ellie got another limb blown off in there, too. So it was almost like they were coming to her aid, like, we gotcha. <laughs> just take all our limbs together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this, this is new territory, that. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a weird spider monster type thing, and Ellie's Ellie's still like the face of it, but right, right, yeah, that was really cool to see. Um, so it, it attacks them, and it, it gets Cassie, and uh, this thing's about to cut her up with a chainsaw, but Beth shows up and shoots it, and then Beth and Cassie are able to push the monster into this wood chipper, which is conveniently parked in the garage. Uh, at the end, just the head is left of Ellie. And it, I think it taunts Beth one more time and pretends to be uh, the true Ellie. 
but Beth knows better by now and uh, throws it in there. Oh, one side story I forgot to mention throughout all this is Beth uh, is expecting a child. And I think, I'm not sure, does she ever tell Ellie or does the demon figure that out? I don't think she actually ever tells Ellie, but the demon has figured it out and is like, oh, two souls or something like that. And there's a point, too, where, and I think this was supposed to be maybe a big emotional thing. The little girl, what's that little girl's name? Cassie. Yeah, Cassie. She's like, Auntie Beth, are you going to be a mom? And Beth says, yes. And I feel like that's maybe, I could see in the script, like that maybe being Beth's decision to keep the baby. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and that was supposed to be like a, you know, big inner plot point, you know, like, oh, OK, she decided she's going to keep it at that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, yeah, nothing much was done with that aside right. from it being a reason for Beth to come to Ellie and ask for help. Like, yeah, they did a good job setting up the the relationship between the two of them. But then I just felt like they never really wove it through the plot or drove it home that well. They did with the taunts and her like insulting her and stuff like that, which I love a good demon taunt, but I just feel like her being pregnant could have like played a bigger role. Yeah. Like the, had they developed it more, that could have been a spot where she actually had mentioned it to Ellie and was like, I can't decide what I'm going to do. Yeah. Then when she said, like, Auntie Beth, are you going to be a mom? And she said, yes, we could have been like, oh, okay. We could have had a little bit of a moment there with Beth. But right. it just, I think most people probably just appeared, okay, Beth, just straightforward answer to question there. <laughs> Maybe that's just that's- how what it actually was. But I was kind of thinking that's, that's supposed to be something more. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the whole reason she's come to this apartment. Uh, you think it's a big character driver. Uh, I think they hit on the theme of motherhood earlier, too, when uh, isn't Cassie like, oh, you'd make a good mom because you know how to lie to kids. It's, it's a terrible line. Uh, yeah, a, but people in my theater were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? <that's, laughs> oh, man. I thought that yeah, line was... It's a fine. It's, it's fine line, but... yeah. Uh, and then I thought uh, I thought someone else called her out as being pregnant, Bridget, when um, when she's eating the glass and she's like, oh, I don't like having stuff in my stomach. Do you? Oh, I thought that right. was a you know, but maybe not. Maybe she's just talking about having glass. No. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was another taunt. OK, so, so yeah, yeah I'm glad they used it for fuel for taunts. I love taunting pregnant women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's it, it always stuff. goes well. It does. Um, but I just thought it could have been a more meaningful story arc for Beth. I think so, too. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in the discussion. Like, yeah, what, what the, the, the the mother theme here was. And she um, exits with Cassie. Like, she's now Cassie's guardian, presumably. Right. And, you know, there's the motherhood stuff with Ellie, too. And she's like, don't let it take my babies is the last thing she says before she oh, yeah. fully succumbs to demonhood. Right demonhood um so yeah i just felt like the bits and pieces were there i just didn't feel like it wove a tapestry you know yeah yeah it could have been uh deeper but also that feels like off brand for the franchise to go like deep into like a character 
characters driving motion. Uh, I mean, like, have we seen that in any of the other installments? I think I agree. Yeah. But why not start now? Yeah. Yeah. It's never too late to have some meaning to your characters. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Mia had some. Hmm. Yeah. I really wanted to finish listening to our episode on that. Yeah, she came in with some baggage, I remember. She uh, did. I don't remember how they, like, buttoned it up. I, I, I'm i not sure that any, like, majestic character arc existed there either, but... Oh, wasn't she, like, uh, an addict? And then she was, like, a recovering yeah. addict? Yeah, she was. Yeah, and then, yeah, they, they, they kind of thought that's what was going on with her, but it was actually uh, this. So, yeah, interesting. Okay, uh, well, yeah, this, this movie then ends with... Uh, oh... That woman that we saw in the opening scene uh, in the cabin, she actually lives in this building and she comes downstairs into the parking garage like the next morning and she sees all this blood and uh, the wood chipper and stuff. And then uh, we see the demon or the deadite or some camera work coming towards her, showing that she's getting possessed and taken over by the evil dead. And that ends the movie. So, yeah, what, what, what did you think? I thought that Ellie looked great in the makeup, and I thought her performance was really good, too. I, I know there's a lot of stunt double work. Well, I don't even know a lot. I know there is stunt double work. I don't know how much. But I have to imagine that was still a pretty athletic performance. There seems to be a lot she's doing herself, too. Even just, like, walking, shambling into the room. Yeah. All, like, twitchy and cocked to the side. It's... I got to believe it takes a certain, like, not anybody could do that and make it look so creepy. She was right. really a creepy deadite. I, I think they nailed that. Yeah, I she was. That. I feel like she's one of the, well, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, the person in, uh, was, who, who became the deadite in 2013? Was it Mia? It was, it was Mia. Mia. Yeah. yeah, I thought she looked uh, pretty cool, too. But yeah, I'd, I'd put um, Ellie up there as, like, one of the top deadites. Yeah, do you ever have any attraction to them once they become deadites? Or? <laughs> uh, not not <laughs> yet, but I need got, help for. Yeah, you got me thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look at them in a whole new lens now going forward. <laughs> but uh, no, I I just get suckered into like yeah the performance and, and you're you're right like how they carry themselves, their the way they taunt and uh, yeah their movements like uh, especially in this film I, I thought that part was really well done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that was a highlight of the film. I thought, uh, I think Alyssa had a great performance. I think everybody had a, at least an adequate performance. I thought um, Lily, is it Lily Sullivan who played Beth? Right. I thought she put it on a good performance as well. The kids were decent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th I think that the two main leads, uh, Ellie and, and Beth, uh, are, are done really well. And I thought Beth, like, as a final girl, was pretty badass. Like, and, and she, she does, like, embody a lot of, like, the Evil Dead stuff with the shotgun and the chainsaw at the end. So she's playing by the common rules. But I, I thought she's, like, a cool, cool final girl. What do you think? I agree. I, I think she's a good final girl. And then that that's my biggest beef with the movie. It's like, yeah, okay, there's a shotgun again. Yeah, okay, there's a chainsaw again. Just to echo what I said earlier, I don't know if the future if the future of this franchise is just hitting all those beats again every time. I'm still gonna enjoy them just because I love the the premise and I love the chaos, but I I just want something else. Let's let's try yeah. something. Let's take a risk. 
Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, co- copies a lot of beats. I guess it's. I feel like it's unfair because the 2013 one gets a pass because it is a remake, right? Like you're okay with that one following the rules because it's more like stated, like we're gonna recreate the story. This one, we're more critical of it following the rules because it's not like on the nose a, a remake. But I think that's its strength is it's it's not a remake. Uh, it's doing different things in a different area, but it's still weaving in like some elements of the original ones, which. Uh, are like what what the brand is known for. Yeah, but I, Evil Dead 2013 came out 20 years later than the last movie. It had been a 20 year. Like I know we're all, <laughs> even us, were saying, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been 10 years since the last one." Yeah. But it had been 20 years since Army of Darkness. It had been like 32 years since the original. So to remake it. There's just much more of an appetite to me from me, from the fandom of like, sure, I'll see some of those plot beats hit again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people viewed the first one as a bit comedic and 2013 was 100% dark, like no comedy, just messed up. Yeah. So people were like, hell yeah. But then to do it again, I mean, people, people seem to be a very big fan of this movie too. Um, yeah. And I am too. So I, I'm being very critical. Yeah, uh, partially out of love, but it's just 10 years yeah, later. Yeah. It's not a remake, but essentially it is. It's just a remake yeah. again in a new setting. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of how, how I viewed it. It is a remake and like it's nice to see them getting back to the similar tone of the first one, because, uh, yeah, I felt like that was missing in 2013. That just like felt like a whole different vibe and different movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I would consider this like a, a remake, but like a modernized remake in a new setting. Um so yeah, it's it's hard for me to to view those as faults, uh, because yeah, this is as as you mentioned, like thirty forty years from the original. You think this is similar to the tone of the original than the tone of the twenty thirteen one? Yeah, I think so. The twenty thirteen one wasn't like funny at all, right? Like, the, was there any humor in it? Not much, no. But I don't think there's that much humor in this one. I mean, uh, this is pretty dark. Oh, I thought I thought this one had like some nice like light moments with like the taunting, with the eyeball, with uh like the badassness of it, um like like some of the meta ness at the beginning. Uh, I thought I thought there was like an underlying current of uh, some humor. Like yeah, it wasn't was that, but it felt like more than the 2013 one. Okay, I yeah I I don't agree with you enough to to make you feel good about yourself (laughs) (laughs) damn it (laughs) i I think i mean you're a a hair correct and like yeah the eyeball thing is like the jokiest thing in my my point of view but i still think this was a pretty dark movie i'm also one of the people who's like actually i viewed the first one as like pretty intense and not necessarily a comedy in any way like it's a little silly because it's dated but i actually thought it was a pretty intense yeah movie yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's what's unique to the, the this franchise, though. It's, it's like the, that combination of like really intense gore and violence and scares and some kind of like campiness, like right under the surface. And yeah, I feel like the earlier films had that more. I didn't feel any of that campiness in the 2013 film. I thought I saw like hints of it coming back into this film, which is is uh, what what I was like kind of happy to see come back. Okay, gotcha. Um, I. I have a lot of nitpicks with this movie, but I did like it. I just, I think I've shared this before, but I'm attracted to people. When, no, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I think I've shared this before, but like a big nightmare I had as a kid was that I would like wake up, go into my parents' room, 
and like ask them for help with something and they would just like sit up in bed and it would be clear that something evil like inhabited them and they weren't themselves anymore. Right. And that is totally what the Evil Dead franchise does. And I think it's scarier that it's not direct, just like I'm someone else now and I'm going to kill you or I've got a specific agenda to convert you like in a body snatcher type way. It's just like I'm here to fuck everything up and make (laughs) you miserable and terrified. Right. And that is just awesome to me. Yeah. Love it. I love the premise. Me too. And and the fact here, it's like a mother. Like it's always usually like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or something. Like I think that hits home and it kind of like marries like what we love about uh like the conjuring and stuff. It's kind of like a haunted house movie in some ways where there's a family being terrorized by a possessed family member. So I, I, I love that it went in that direction for the for this uh installment. Sure, I do too. I, I do like that basic premise of like now it's a family and the mom is is possessed. Um, right. But yeah, I just felt like it would have been interesting to not stick to every beat quite so closely. Okay, got it. Uh, any, what else? What are your other nitpicks on it? I felt like the score was very underutilized at certain moments. Like it really hurt the momentum of some scenes and took the punch out of some climactic moments. Hmm. Um, like when the elevator filled up with blood. And maybe some moments just hit me a different way. I was also there with my buddy who I like take to horror movies and he had just seen evil dead the first one for the first time and was like 3.5 and i'm like oh for me that's a five so i was like you know when you get a little bit more critical of a movie because you're worried about what the person next to you is thinking oh man yeah it wasn't acute but i i have to wonder if some of that bled in anywhere where 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 was that friend uh, during renfield (laughs) like that could have helped (laughs) <laughs> you're bloated right a little bit yeah <laughs> all right no, sorry keep i feel like my movie experiences with this friend uh who's probably listening hi adam are very good so i i don't think that was really at fault i'm just wondering if it seems like you don't share some of these complaints so i'm like oh why is it just me he did share a lot of these complaints with me but anyway the scene i'm bringing up is the elevator scene. Like when that crashes to the floor and they gush out of it in a wave of blood, that should be like a huge moment. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is a big moment, but it's just like not only the score and like the score, the sound design and the direction around it, it's just like kaboom, splash. It happens. Mm-hmm. And then we move yeah. on to the next scene. Like Something about it didn't feel as big as it should have. And then when they finally send the big giant spider Ellie demon into that woodcutter or whatever it is. Yep. And they're like completely shredding her up. It's the the most climactic scene of the movie. As far as I could discern, there was zero score at that. Oh, so it it was just the sound of the wood chipper. Right. Like I know there's the sound of the wood chipper, which is loud, but like. Give us something to make that scene a little bit more conclusive or dynamic. It, it was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is the climax. There, there was just some stuff like that where I felt like, yeah, the uh, sound design score, yeah, could have helped a bit more. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. Uh, I I couldn't even remember the score. Like thinking back to it, like I, I feel like uh, I don't know if it was there was like pretty buried in or, or just like not coming out at the parts where. You would expect it to. Um, 
but I, I don't know if that was purposeful or like if these films are generally just kind of like underproduced or uh, they're not trying to like have like big moments or big emotional moments and things and just try to be more straight uh, on what's happening. Uh, is that like a tone decision maybe? That could be a tonal decision. And I can't recall what the score was like for 2013 or I think the first one kind of just was like typical big movie sound of like score. But um, yeah, even though it was a very small movie, but I can't really recall. Um, yeah. And I do yeah. think, yeah, if there was like a very um, prominent score in this movie, maybe it's not the type of movie for that kind of score. Mm-hmm. But something, I, I I don't know why there wasn't anything in, in those scenes. Um, right, right. The elevator may have had a little bit of a score, but it just like, it did not serve, it didn't lift those scenes up and put them on the pedestal that sure. they deserved to be on. So yep. that felt a little weak. I also thought even there, there were some colors where like the red blood really popped. There were some shots that looked really good and iconic, especially like Final Girl type shots of... Beth, mm-hmm. the, the color scheme and, and lighting and everything, like you said, it, the power was out, so it's supposed to be dark, but the movie felt very drab. And I yeah. know 2013 was deliberately a similar way, but it it felt like more moody in 2013. And this one, it just felt like, blah, it's dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's dark and rainy and gross. Yeah, do you have any of those shared feelings, or any? Do you share those feelings with me? Please? Yeah, I have that. Uh, uh, weakness is that I, I just feel like the place was like really dark, and they're like stuck in this really rundown building. Very, I think it went over the top and trying to be like really decrepit sometimes. That yeah, just almost maybe didn't feel realistic, and maybe it wasn't necessary. Uh, maybe the overindex there. I almost feel like if they were trying, maybe they were trying too hard to visually match the darkness of 2013 oh sure um, or the dark tone of 2013 and yeah 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 interesting um yeah so so you don't uh you didn't feel like this had a little bit more of a lighter touch with like the kids or the characters than like 2013 like felt like more of like an assault on your senses yeah i do think 2013 felt felt more intense um yeah Theoretically, I feel like we should have cared about these characters more because it was a family, but like two presumably children died. I think three or four, if you include the people out in the hallway. And it was kind of like, they're gone. I I don't know. They, they, uh, and I don't know if you want that from an Evil Dead movie or not, like the, uh, the mourning or the emotional gravity, but the shock. Yeah. It was almost like, oh, wow, it's a family now with little kids. But to what yeah. extent was that utilized? Well, I, I thought that was amazing because, uh, yeah, th- this movie wasn't scared to, like, kill kids, which I th- I feel like not, not a lot of movies would do that. But uh, I, I think you're right. Uh, like, uh, they kind of gloss over the impact because, like, Cassie's, like, this young girl, and she ends up, like, stabbing her sister and, like, helping, like, kill the mom. And like, yeah, a young girl like that doing that or like seeing that like, yeah, they kind of gloss over the emotional impacts of the trauma that would have on a kid like that. So yeah. uh, it's kind of brave and kind of kind of misses on a few things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I do feel like this was a fun, wild ride, though, like great popcorn movie. I do think the sequences with the demons were good and entertaining. And there were some scary moments. I mean, Ellie was scary. <laughs> Ellie was. Yeah. I agree. She, yeah, her, the, the way she performed that and like, uh, yeah, the makeup and everything, as you mentioned, so good on her. 
Yeah, it works. It um, delivered on the on what people expect from an Evil Dead movie. I'll, I'll give it that for sure. Yeah, and it was considerate for people who are turned off too much by gore. I feel like it made it palatable a little bit. I think here it's so it's such a commentary on how far we've journeyed into gore that that you say that <laughs> yeah. about this movie. I, I know so many people who just like casual horror fans who came to see this movie are like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" <laughs> I know, man. We've we've seen some things. Yeah, <laughs> nice to go back. Yeah, uh, yeah. I also thought the the use of uh, I, I know we talked about the set, setting being very like dark and and gross, but I, I thought like you had great uh, scenes like almost in each room, like the elevator, the bathtub, hallway, the garage, the kitchen. Like oh, they they kind of like had cool sequences in each of these locations. I love her head popping up from the bathtub. That was a, a special yeah. creepy moment. That was awesome. Yeah, and, and then like go- sitting up in bed when she they first like try to close her eyes and stuff. And right, right, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Um, cool. Anything else you want to call it? Or do- uh, actually, the the motherhood discussion. So yeah, that that was a theme throughout, right? Like you had mother on mother violence here. Yeah, mother on mother violence, and yeah, that they're fighting their own mother. She says things like titty sucking parasites. Uh, yeah. don't let it take my babies but and yeah you got beth who's also a mom i just yeah there's taunting about things in her belly it's just like that right. yeah i don't know they just there's a lot of stuff they could have hammered home or or you know put a little bit of a period on or i don't right. know what i'm trying to say what kind of metaphor yeah. i want to use right now uh, sure yeah, I feel like they hinted at that throughout the film, but yeah, you're right. They never really made a point of it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was like a, a a message in there somewhere about like uh, her coming or like realizing the value of being a parent or something. But I don't yeah. think yeah, we got enough for that. And it could have been like corny, but as I've said in the past, I'd rather you err on the side of being a little heavy-handed with something than right not bother trying to develop it at all. And it, it feels sure. like they set up all the pieces but didn't knock them down. Okay. Her theme. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, cool. Um, do you want to jump to the rating or anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, let's do that rating. All right. Well, zero to five. Where's my rating? Oh, zero to five eyeballs stuck in kids' throats. How many would you give this one? <laughs> I still give this three point five eyeballs stuck in kids' throat throats. Uh, it doesn't necessarily add anything new or exciting to the formula, but it does deliver the bloody chaos that fans have come to expect from the franchise. So nice. I had fun. I got what I wanted. I don't think I got that much more than what I wanted, but I still got what I wanted. Nice. How about cool. you? How many um, fucking kids throats? For me, uh, yeah, I, I was stuck between a four and a four and a half eyeballs stuck in a kid's throats. I, cause I, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun, but ultimately I think I'm going to give it four eyeballs uh in kids throats um i think this one reimagines the gore the scariness and the campiness of the original series and introduces enough new elements that kind of keep us on edge i think uh the actresses lily sullivan and Alyssa sutherland gave us amazing performances and i thought it was a tight script and balanced and he had some of that fun camera work and the violence that uh we enjoyed from earlier films and i think the family setting and in this apartment setting uh, works well to get us out of the woods into new territory with this franchise. Uh, but I definitely hear what you're saying where like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of repetition on the plot points, but I, I've, I appreciated the the new territory we're in. Sure. Sure. 
I like speaking of new territory. I like the idea that this thing could then spread to a second location, like like the moon. What's that? The moon? Like, the moon. <laughs> like what do you what do you mean by second location? Oh man, you really <laughs> all right. It's a brainstorming session. So. Yeah, just so what happened? Oh, oh, a I boat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The moon. <laughs> I, mean, um, I was just thinking you know like a public space and i really meant to look into the tv series and like what they do there because for some reason i had this idea in my head that maybe they take it more public with that but uh, i'm sorry everybody i just don't have any insight into what they do on the tv series but i would just like to see it go other places or happen like in a crowd right. or something that doesn't follow the same formula and yeah i mean transported through time and fighting an army of deadites mia and ash i wouldn't say no to that frankly yeah you still want to see that combo movie come, come i want to see that combo all right all right i want to see a uh, possessed jane levy again <laughs> hey and i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind seeing ellie again too i mean she was great so yeah if they were to Although I don't think they can really do that since she's been completely destroyed. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but I, I guess I wouldn't that. mind seeing Lily Sullivan again as a as a final girl. Right. Yeah, I liked her a lot. I thought she was she was really good. Um. So what is your? Let's see her possessed. Oh man, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that is some range. Oh, stop. <laughs> uh, what? What? What's your uh, updated ranking of the Evil Dead films then? Oh, great question. I haven't even considered that question myself. Um. Let's see. Shit. I'm going to go, yeah, Evil Dead first. Uh, the Evil Dead 1981 first. Then Evil Dead 2013. Below that, I'm going to put this above Army of Darkness. So this is the third. And then Army of Darkness fourth. And Evil Dead 2 fifth. Cool. I think I'm the same as you, but I would switch uh, this one in the 2013 film. I think this one I would wow. uh, watch again versus that one but it's also been a while since i've seen that one so maybe i gotta watch that one again i would love to sit down and watch all five just oh a- man should we do that soon yeah oh. i mean that would be a fun franchise to just watch start to finish yeah yeah just binge through that'd be awesome yeah nice yeah. all right so it's, it's a plan all right. um and we'll bring our own wood chippers to take care of each other at the end yeah yeah and uh, i will bring a chainsaw and a shotgun Nice. nice. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else? That's it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode on Evil Dead Rise. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find our show, and we always appreciate the feedback. If you want to join our discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on on facebook and instagram in case you want to watch it before the next episode we're also on discord where we're chatting up uh with some other horror fans so you can find the link for that on our websites our logo and merchandise is done by amy may pop art so you can check her out on etsy.com and until next time uh remember to always keep a wood chipper nearby in case you need to dispose of some demonic aberrations or your fellow podcast co-host who gave Renfield too high of a score potentially <laughs> you, gave, you gave Renfield four and a half right I did yeah okay yeah. So this is what minus I, one I'm surprised that you uh wow that, okay that puts things in perspective yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the whole point of yeah. oh man yeah. I think I'll, I'll, I'll 
probably watch that again one day and be like, wow, Brian. You, you. <laughs> I was on trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 